Hello out there, ladies. It's Rochelle with another episode of Unabashed You, where we as women get to talk about stuff. Have you ever felt like the odd man out? Have you ever wished someone would speak up for you because you couldn't? Or maybe you've had the opportunity to step up and be an ally for someone else. Val has learned through time and experience that courage is essential to being there for those who need it. It's taken a lifetime to go from her natural instinct to be concerned for the other and not quite knowing what to do with that, to being a voice, speaking out and speaking up for those who are lacking even the basics. She developed confidence. We need to be more like that. It's extraordinary how far one small act of kindness can go, and we don't even need to see its fruit. That part is just not important. this woman since junior high, and that was back when there was junior high, grades seven through nine. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. Do we just have middle school now? Not sure. She was a year younger, and her brother was in my grade. Anyway, Val and I connected in ASB and yearbook, as I recall, and then on to high school, where we connected again through drama, dance, being in plays together. Spending lots of time talking during rehearsals and during rides home since I could drive before she could. We definitely bonded. And although we are friends who don't see each other often, I know without a shadow of a doubt, she would be there for me in a pinch and I for her. These are the kind of women you want in your life. Welcome, Val. Thank you, Rochelle. (laughs) I love that. I would be there for you in a pinch. Yes, I know. I love that. I love that. Okay, we're going to take a little time to get to know you. What three words would you use to describe yourself? Oh, boy. Um, passionate. Um, <laughs> silly. <laughs> and... Um, Striving? Maybe? Oh gosh, I love that. Silly and striving. Oh my gosh, what a great combination of words! Okay. And it really does, you. really does, sort of begin to describe fully who you are. I, I love that. I love this exercise because it's it ends up being so true. I mean, you you're seeing that from the out inside and but I see that from the outside and those who know you would see that from the outside but then also to to have to simplify it down to three words yeah I think it it feels like a combination of uh self-assessment and maybe a little bit of aspirational exercise as well (laughs) like if I could really if I could really focus on because I always feel like I'm focusing on about a hundred things at a time. So if I could really focus on, 
I guess those are the things I'd want to focus on because you have to have some silly to counteract. Yes. Yes. Other, other, you know. And I like the striving because it's an ing means it's it's still happening. It's it's still going yeah. on, which is I think makes that a really great choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that's one of the things that I've enjoyed about my career is I, I literally just finished a training 25 minutes ago. <laughs> um, y- y- there's constant opportunities to learn new things. And I think it's, I, I never get bored doing what I do because I feel like it gives me the chance to learn constantly. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, I, I really appreciate that. Really well, it sounds that. like you're a lifelong learner. You enjoy learning. And we should say for our listeners that you are a teacher. Yes, I am. Yeah. Some people, yeah, I mean, people I've been who teaching. know you would know that, but people who don't know you would not know that. How long have you been teaching yeah. now? It has been, this is my 16th year. So I've been doing it for a while, but I, I certainly did other things before I got into teaching. I was probably a second or third career teacher. So, um, you know, it, it goes back to that. What one thing I've loved about teaching is that it's, I've never been bored. I've, I always found myself getting to a place of boredom with other work that I was doing and just really just going, Oh, I can't do this anymore. And with teaching, it just, you know, every year is a different experience. I've taught different grades and I've taught in different settings and there's constant research being done and, it, it, I really enjoy learning new mm-hmm. things. And so as a teacher, I feel like, well, if I'm going to expect my students to be lifelong learners, I have to lead by example and continually push myself to learn. So it's wonderful. That's a great quality it. about you. All Thank right. You. We're going to kind of take a right turn here. Your favorite fictional couple of all time. Now, this can be a book, a movie, TV, a play, but your favorite fictional couple of all time. That's kind of easy. It's George and Mary Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, wow. <laughs> I have a perfect time of year for that answer. Yeah. I, I, just, I just love that movie. And, and it's so funny because even though – it ends at Christmas. I don't really think of it as a Christmas movie because to me it's appropriate year round. Well, that, you know, I never thought of it that way, but you're right. It does end at Christmas. And so maybe that's why it became a Christmas movie, but, yeah. but really it takes place over what's well, several years or more really. Oh, many years. Yes. yes. It starts when he's a child. Oh, and, that's right. You know? Yeah. I'll yeah. Have to watch it this year. I love, oh, I love that, that you have that you have that ready to go. Well, it's funny when you said it, I thought, oh, that's gonna be hard. But then I thought, well, wait a minute, you know. I mean, they are very uh archetypal and 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 very uh, it's a very <laughs> antiquated um you know, it's an antiquated example in a sense, but again, it's sort of that aspirational that they're both just such good people and I think that's why I'm always drawn to that movie. Love wins, good wins, um, you know. Well, and she really loved and accepted him for who he was. Absolutely. Which I think does not necessarily make that archetypical at all. 
I mean, she, you know, she, she hung in there. She just like, you got to be you do your thing, but I love you. And she was, she was very patient. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And especially at that time, he he was a little bit of a loon or, you know, (laughs) he was a little bit off kilter probably for the expectations of, of that time. You know, I mean, you think about the old house they live in and every time he goes to go up the stairway, he puts his hand on the, on the little, uh, you know, finial that comes off that's something that always sticks out in my mind. You know, their house is kind of their house. Their house is kind of like my house, <laughs> not quite perfect, <laughs> uh, which probably wasn't. You know, probably wasn't. Uh, he probably wasn't seen as like a, a. Certainly, women of the time probably didn't go to the movies and think, "Oh, that's the guy I'd want to marry." Young women, you know, right, because right. he wasn't exactly. He he didn't make a lot of money. He you know. But he was he was a good man. Yes. He was a good man. Yes. Yeah. And she saw something in him that he himself hadn't seen yet. That's how I view oh. it. I, that's how I view it. Yeah. 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 I I just I love oh, that movie and I I, I love yeah. their relationship in that movie. It's it's very And she very, stands up for herself. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, she's not afraid to, you know, call a thing a thing. She if yeah. she, if it's a cause for her, then she'll say it. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. Well, I can't yeah. wait to watch that this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, have to see that one. Have to see that one. Yes. All right. <laughs> the last book you just read that rocked your world. Oh, boy. That's a tough one. I, I have to kind of put myself on reading restriction because I will stay up all night reading a book and it's very inconvenient when you have to go to work the next day and you've stayed up till three reading. Oh, I can't even, you know, it's funny. This was a book. I I haven't read this book in probably 25 years, but when you say rocked my world, um, I always think of the, the book, uh, a prayer for Owen Meany by John Irving. Um, I will, and and I did, I did finish that book at about three or four o'clock in the morning. Um, I was single. I was living in a condo that I didn't really like, and um, I stayed up half the night reading that book. And I literally gasped when it got to the sort of the the moment of truth. And that book has just stayed with me. I would say that book just really, really did rock my world. Oh, I love I, that. It was, and that's fine that it wasn't recent. I really should take the word just out because, you know, yeah, you, this rocked your world a long time ago. But you still remember the impact it had and how you didn't you didn't want it to end. No, no. I thought it was just masterful storytelling. Masterful oh. storytelling. Yes. And, and so unexpected the way that the the story went right it it really shot it really surprised me and that that doesn't happen real often in books okay now we're going to do true two truths and a lie so you're going to say three things about yourself and i'm going to guess which one is not true now, if this feels extremely overwhelming to you, think of it like in categories, job, travel, kid, family. I mean, what your dogs, 
I mean, whatever. Okay. I mean, if then it makes it for some people it makes it a little easier than keeping it broad, but it's up to you. You go wherever you feel led. Okay. Should I just give you all three at one time? Yes. All three at one time. Okay. And then I like to just start going, huh? And then we talk. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, I have been to Bali. Um, I have owned a bird and I love oysters. Bali bird oysters. Wow. Okay. I thought the third <laughs> thing was going to be a bee. I thought we were going to go for some alliteration <laughs> there. Okay. Okay. Gosh, those are tricky, tricky. Those are good. And one, they're super simple. Super simple. Okay. I feel like you could have owned a bird. Okay. So we'll set that one aside. I also feel like you could have gone to Bali, but I, so, so for some reason, the oyster thing is calling me. Maybe you don't want, I, I'm going to say that the lie is that you love oysters. Is that the lie? You love oysters? That's the lie. That is. Because, <laughs> that is the lie. Okay. That because the lie. It, they I don't know. They seem to really attract a certain type of person, a person that doesn't mind a raw slimy thing kind of sliding down their throat. Right. <laughs> I have never even eaten an oyster. No, I haven't either. They just, they're too scary. They no. just, no. I'm with you nope. all the way. I don't care. Tabasco sauce, lemon, put whatever you want in it. Nope. It's still going to be the same thing. <laughs> My yeah. gosh. Mm -mm. I love no, that. So you've you. been to Bali and you've had a bird. Do you currently have a bird? No, no bird at the moment. Um, I, I had parakeets uh, through college, actually. And uh, now I don't think I'd want to own a bird because I would feel guilty that they were in a cage. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I'm a big, I love birds. I really love birds and I, I love to watch the birds. Um, we, we get a lot of hawks where I live. Um, lots of small songbirds and things like that. And I, I love them so much that I, I don't think I'd feel comfortable having a bird that had to stay in a cage. Oh, yeah. So probably would, probably would skip that now. Yeah. <laughs> I <said> that. <laughs> All right. Now as women, this is a little more serious. I, I believe we struggle with worth starting from when we're very young. We get so many mixed messages. How do you counteract some of that? Oh boy. Um, well, the first thing that comes to mind and I feel like it's just one of the, the little surprising gifts in life is, uh, age. Yes. Um, I think just naturally, fortunately, as we get older, we, we gain ourselves, which is a, is a form of self-worth. Um, we've, We've been through struggles. We've overcome challenges. We've faced our fears. Certainly not always finding success, but we've struggled. We've fallen on our faces and we've survived. And mm -hmm. so I've found as I get older that um, my self-worth has just sort of naturally increased. Um, as a parent and a teacher, I always focus on the idea that self-worth is not something that you can really hand someone else. Mm -hmm. um, just as I said, I think you gain it as you get older. 
as you have accomplished and as you have failed and still survived, um, I think it's really important that we give kids the opportunity to gain self-worth through success and failure. Yes. Um, so I'm, you know, a, a, as a teacher, I have always sort of preached to the parents <laughs> of my students. It's okay. They can fail. They will survive. Right. You know, don't do their work for them. You are telling them their work is not good enough when you do it for them. Right. Let them do it. I, you already did third grade or whatever grade. Yes, exactly. So I think I really, I think self-worth comes from, at least for me, from surviving things I didn't think I could survive or accomplishing things I didn't think I could accomplish. Oh, I love that. That's so, it's so true too. It's so yeah. right on. I love that. And I love that you're speaking that into your students and most especially your daughter. That's really wonderful. Yeah. Really wonderful. What is one, <laughs> of, one of the wisest things anyone ever said to you? I mean, we, we all have these things that, that we kind of, draw back on what's what's something that right now in this moment in five minutes might be different but in this moment what's something that that you can think of that you think yeah someone said that and that really stuck with me or I said it and it, or meaning you <laughs> right you right. said it and it really stuck with you well it's funny growing up my mom used to um used to always throw out to me can't remember exactly how she said it, but it was basically the idea of pay as much attention to people as they pay attention to you. Oh, and, and I think especially as a young girl, I didn't really get that. I didn't really understand what that meant because sometimes we, depending on your personality and certainly the personality I think I had as a, as a young girl, person. Uh, I, I often didn't know when to back off or walk away from a friendship or a relationship that wasn't really serving my needs. It's mm-hmm. kind of like you just keep pouring yourself into it more and more. And without really, re- without really taking stock of the fact that you're possibly not getting your needs met or that Mm -hmm. the friendship or relationship is really not balanced. And just recently I read something along the lines of you can't, you can't love someone enough to overcome the fact that they don't appreciate the love you gave them in the first place. Oh my gosh. That's great. Yeah. I just read that a couple days ago and I thought that's basically what my mom was saying, you know? And I think especially with young women, I know I did through my college and days, you, you kind of keep flying with those relationships. Um, if you're, as I was, attracted to people that aren't terribly emotionally connected, you just keep trying to love them enough yes. <laughs> to get them to connect more. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, well... <laughs> You know, sometimes that's just not going to work. <laughs> right, exactly. And 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 I I I I hope that's something that my 
daughter will handle differently. She has a very, very different personality than I did as a child. So I'm guessing she will handle it quite differently. <laughs> but I, if, if I could go back and change one thing in my youth, I would have that understanding that, you know, sometimes you you have to move on from people for different reasons, not in anger, no. but just in an understanding that it's your your need your needs count too. Yes, they do. Right, absolutely. Uh, and I love that you're teaching her that already because sometimes you have to let go of people, and that that is an act of love. I hope so. It's an act of love. All right, the last fun thing mm-hmm. you did, Val. The last fun thing you did. The last fun thing I did. Yeah, fun. Is that what you asked? Yes. I'm the last, sorry, you broke up for Oh, I know. Second. Yeah, we did. We broke, we broke up for a second. The last fun thing you did, it could be, you know, um, you know, having a cup of tea and with your feet up and, and nobody else around or I don't know. Well, what was the last fun thing you did? Well, I the, what comes to mind is uh, my daughter's birthday was about two weeks ago and my we have been very, very isolated and not uh, getting out into the world. And uh, in part because I see my mom once every week or two and, you know, we don't want to share any germs, but we had a special day. We took my daughter shopping for clothes. Now, this is a little girl that wears her father's extra large T-shirts <laughs> and leggings. And usually those T-shirts get covered with paint or glue or glitter or food and we have to (laughs) practically arm wrestle her to get her into the shower um she's made a real 180 she's she's become very anti-fashion anti-glitter anti you know anti-pink and we we went shopping and she immediately made a beeline for this slim pencil skirt and some ankle boots and a top with little <laughs> glittery buttons. <laughs> I was shocked. And it was fun. It was really fun. to. And then she was posing. And, you know, that was fun. That was fun getting to watch her just turn on a dime. And when she got the opportunity to, to exercise her, her hidden fashion. So was that feeling. the outfit that she got? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Now we should tell the listeners she's all of in third grade, so we're not yeah. talking about a teenager here. We're talking oh, no, about no. she's a nine-year-old, and uh, <laughs> she's 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 a handful. She's a she's a pistol. She's a high energy, uh, you know, full of confidence and constantly laughing and just everything I wasn't as a kid. Well, she is herself, and I find it absolutely perfect that she is your daughter, because the way you describe her is one of the ways I would describe you. So isn't that interesting? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's, it's it's been really interesting. Um, She's adopted, and uh, it's not something that, I mean, I've I've literally forgotten that she's adopted (laughs) at times which is really strange. People think, what? But I remember laying in bed one night thinking about a a medical issue that kind of runs through my family. And I thought, oh my God, I hope she doesn't have to deal with that. And then I went, oh, well, I guess she won't genetically get that from us. (laughs) Um, 
because she she's she's of a different race and uh, completely looks different from my husband and I. But she is a very different little girl than I was. Than you were, yeah. And there, yeah, it's 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 been such an interesting journey learning how to let go. And uh, there are so many things I'm grateful that she's so different than than I was. Um, she's so much more confident, so much more, um, you know, just kind of courageous and 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 uh, full of vim and vigor and. You know, she doesn't let a whole lot get her down. She doesn't stew about things. But I was also very studious at her age, which is not her big cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really hard, especially being a teacher, you know, <laughs> yeah. having to just go, okay, I have to let this go. I I have to do my, my best and then just have to move on. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So Perfect. it's an adventure. All right. Well, this is a perfect segue or transition into our uh, deeper dive, which is the topics that the topic that you wanted to cover, which is the courage to advocate for yourself and others. And so you have done that beautifully by not only adopting this young girl. I'm not sure how she was when you adopted her. A baby? Was she a baby? She yeah, she was three months old. Okay. Yes. And now you have really advocated for her in the sense what what I'm seeing and just hearing from this conversation is that you fully allow her to be herself. And that's a kind of advocacy. So talk to us about your journey with courage and advocating. Well, I guess it all starts, um, you know, it all starts... It all starts at home, um, just like everything does. Um, As a child, I was not very good at advocating for myself. Um, I always had very strong feelings about um, (sighs) injustices and inequalities in the world. I was the kid that used to lay in bed thinking about the children starving in China that everybody talked about. you know, and worried about them. Um, I, I always kind of had this sort of global focus and this, this, I took the, I took the idea that we are responsible for each other in the world very seriously, even as a kid, but I was not good at ever advocating for myself. Um, I, I kind of grew up believing that my responsibility was to be a good person. And that meant never saying no to anything, always, uh, taking on helping others or doing for others in spite of whatever it meant for me personally. Um, you know, even things like just voicing an opinion about, I would rather have these shoes than those shoes. (laughs) I had a hard time with that kind of stuff as a kid. And, it was it was very difficult and and it it kind of stuck with me throughout my teenage years in into my 20s of of not always being true to myself mm-hmm. and 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 through that um not really having a whole lot of belief in myself either um you know I did well in school but I I I kind of always felt like an imposter 
Um, I, I was complimented on things, but I always felt like, well, people didn't really know the real me. Uh, oh. I didn't really deeply have a lot of, I really did not have confidence. I really did not have a sense of self-worth. Um, and, and I think part of that was coming from, um, a, a lot of pressure not to be myself. Um, you know, my natural inclination was maybe to speak out about this or that, or, to organize and sort of be a ringleader. And I got called bossy and, you know, uh, too opinionated. And, and so I kind of felt a lot of, lot of, um, you know, a lot of pressure to, to sort of fit this mold. And I, and I didn't really fit in the mold. And I think that was, that helped kind of foster that imposter syndrome that I had. Mm. Um, and, you know, just over time, um, just over time and a lot of hard work and therapy and life experience, um, just learning how to advocate for myself was the first step really. And learning how to say no, you know, I really can't take that on right now. My, my plate is too full or, you know, just learning how to set boundaries. Right. That was really the, the first step. And then once I once I kind of gained my voice, then that that old familiar flood of, in a larger sense, being willing to take on a responsibility for others by advocating for others kind of came back in, you know, mm. that that childhood focus on, well, what about the rest of the world? It, you know, it, I, I was able to, what once had felt powerless, um, I suddenly realized that, well, I, I can use who I am as a human being in a positive way to affect some of these inequalities and inequities, however small my efforts, by just being an advocate for others and being an ally for others. Um, and especially in education, you know, there's, there's a lot of kids out there in the world that, that need advocates and they need allies. And even if it just means allowing them to come and have lunch in your room and tell you what's going on in their life, um, that's a big deal for some kids just to have a stable adult mm -hmm. that they can lean on. And, you know, as, as time has gone on and there's been a lot of social issues that have come to the forefront, a realization that I also feel a responsibility to, um, not worry about offending others because that's not my intention, but to definitely in a, in a, in a strong, but respectful and peaceful way, express my allyship towards others that maybe need me to be an ally. I love that about <laughs> you. I really do. I mean, that's, Thank you. That's one of the things I admire about you is your ability to to speak up, speak out, and that level of confidence and courage that we're talking about. You've definitely reached it, in my opinion. And and and, I, and I'm sure you know everything's a work in progress. No, we nobody's done, but um, I mean, it's it's an impressive thing. And I, I love that you you were able to reach that point because not everybody 
does get there, right? Mm, thank you. Yeah. No, I think I, I think you know, especially as women, um, you know, I got a lot of messages growing up from all kinds of sources about, um, you know, well don't be too smart and don't be too opinionated and don't be too strong of a personality. And, you know, I, I'm hoping things have changed for the better. I feel like the younger generation does a better job at, at acknowledging a whole person when they see a woman. But, um, you know, at the time that I was a kid, you know, there was still a lot of pressure to, to, to be pretty and, and fun <laughs> and don't be too smart and don't have strong opinions because you'll intimidate men. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of crazy making. Cause if, if you already just within yourself feel not only you have something to say, but a responsibility to say some of the things that you need to say, and then you have to push that down. Oh, it's very crazy making. It's sort of like, well, but I, I'm speaking out not about something like, well, I think hot dogs with sauerkraut should be against the law. It's like, no, I'm speaking out about genocide and I have to because it needs to be spoken about. And, you know, then you get the, oh, no, that's too much. That's too intense. That's, you know, too cerebral. You know, learn how to play volleyball, be fun. <laughs> and I never fit that mold. And it was, it was, it was weird. It was strange. And that's one thing that's been nice about getting older is kind of giving yourself that permission to this, like, oh, chuck the mold. I, you know, <laughs> what mold? There is no mold. Everybody oh, has their own mold. Right. Exactly. You know? That's exactly right. And so in this way, you have become more yourself than ever before. I mean, all Absolutely. these all these things that really you were born with, this uh, passion, this um, determination, and this like I, I'm think I'm trying to think of the right word for it, but it, it's some it's like you had to, you had to, you had to, and yeah. so to be told no. You, no, 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 but no, no, no. Just push it down, push it back. It's yeah. it's so it's sad. It's unhealthy. It's all those things, and I I think you know obviously that's absolutely one of the biggest reasons that I I love doing this is because I, I feel like we are talking about embracing who you are and you are those things. You are a strong ally and an advocate for those who might not be able to be that for themselves. And you do give voice to your opinion. I, I, again, I, it's so necessary and it's so important that you use the gifts you've been given to make that positive impact. And, and like you said, it can be as simple as the kid who wants to have lunch with you. It's such a small thing, but it has and can have such a big ripple effect. Yeah, yeah, it really can. I mean, you just, you know, uh, you just don't realize the effect that you might have on someone's day with something so small. Uh, we've all been in those situations where we feel kind of, alone and maybe even um, not threatened in a physical sense, but, but certainly sort of like odd man out. Mm -hmm. um, no, 
you know, and, and when you step forward and even in a very quiet way, let someone know, no, I got your back. I'm mm-hmm. your ally. Mm-hmm. That can empower a person to, to relax, to step forward and ask for something they need, to have a little bit of faith in themselves. I mean, we all need allies. We all have those days and we all need allies. And I, it's, it's interesting. It's not something that I, I spent so much time thinking about when I was younger, that, that term, Mm -hmm. but it really is a lot of what it boils down to is just stepping up as an ally for people when they need it. And, and I think people these days, we're all tired. We we need that. um, (laughs) We need someone to lean on once in a while. Yes. We need somebody in our corner. That's right. That's right. Oh, I love Especially that. kids. Yes. Especially kids. All right. So how did you find the courage? So it sounded like it was a combination of time, some therapy, and just some self-assessment and um, experiences. It sounds like is what you're saying and where you found it, where you finally found it. Well... I think, you know, it's, it's funny. It's not so much like I have any dramatic stories where I, you know, stood up. Um, <laughs> I, I wish I had one of those wonderful Norma Ray. stories, <laughs> yeah. but you know, part of it was time. Part of it was failure. Um, I failed. I failed a lot in my life. Uh, um, I, but I've learned from those failures. I think I, I, I gained a lot of courage um, because that definition of courage is not an absence of fear. It's acting in the face of fear. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it, we, we're all fearful. And sometimes the thing that you fear the most when it happens to you and you survive, you kind of go, oh, oh, my gosh. I'm still alive. <laughs> I survived this, you know, and you even, you even go through your periods of grief and shame and, and all those things. And you come out on the other end and you go, you realize that is the best thing that ever happened to me. Yes. You know, I, I have had a tendency to stay in jobs. I had mentioned this, stay in jobs beyond the point that they were really serving me. And there was one job in particular where, um, I was not rehired, shall we say. Um, <laughs> and uh, we, we had contracts that ex- ended at the end of the school year. And I was, I was not, my contract was not renewed. And I had worked there for some time. But I was miserable. I was oh. absolutely miserable. And uh, it went on for years. And uh, I, I really did not fit there. And I did not have allies. And I was not respected or valued and I did not it was it was not my niche and when they let me know that I would not be coming back I was shocked but at the same time I even told them I kind of feel like I just got pushed out of an airplane (laughs) but I'm realizing that I can fly (laughs) I even, I even told them that I said, I, I kind of feel relieved. 
And it took me a long time to really fully work my way through it. But I would say that was one of the moments in my life that, that my courage grew because working my way through the grief and the fear and the anxiety and ending up on my feet in a place in multiple places. I've worked in multiple schools since then. And I feel so much more connected and valuable and effective and happy and engaged. And I, I, you know, it it completely changed my life. And it started with a failure. What a gift. Yeah, it was a gift. It was, it was a true gift. It was a failure that actually was the greatest gift I've been given in a long time. Yeah. I love that. We had a a young woman who she's probably all of 22 or 23 and her whole episode was about failure and how she looks for ways to fail because she feels like in failing, she learns so much more than if she's successful. And I just was like, how old are you? I mean, I just, I couldn't believe that you know, she talked so... That is so... Yes, she talks so... Um, in such depth on that topic that it surprised me that a young woman of that age would have had that kind of thought process and had been able to articulate it so well and to, furthermore, you know, adopt it as an absolute philosophy. And I, I thought, oh my gosh, that, you know, it was extraordinary is what it was. That is, that is, you know, it's interesting because there's a, a movement that's been going on for some time now in education and, and they call it the growth mindset and it's teaching children that you're not good at something intrinsically Mm. that you're not either good at or good at reading or bad at reading that anything in life you put effort into effort plus time will equal improvement and eventually success along some type of spectrum. Mm. And I look back on that and think as, as a child, I was just convinced that you were either good at it or you weren't. And I was not going to embarrass myself by trying things that I would, I knew I was bad at because that would be so humiliating. I mean, I was, I, I was not particularly athletic and I was a ball magnet. If someone <laughs> threw a ball, I could be a hundred feet away and it would hit me. You know, I mean, I could have my back to it and not even know it was coming. And, and so I never, ever tried, you know, any type of sports that involved balls or anything like that. I was like, no, no. I'm bad at that. It was just this intrinsic (laughs) belief. I am bad at that. It doesn't matter how hard I try. I am bad at that. And so having had that background, (laughs) I really pushed to my kids and to my daughter, my my kids, my students, um, the idea that, no, it doesn't work that way at all. You know, (laughs) we were were so misled. It's, It's a matter of, you know, putting in effort and having the courage to try and who cares if you look stupid, you know, yes. failure is a good thing, you know, I mean, you know, what was it? Edison had how many rejected patents before he finally came up with a light bulb, you know, I think it's so important to teach kids that because yes. I know 
I was not taught that. It was like you were either born a good reader or a bad reader. <laughs> Period. You know? <laughs> I don't know where I got that idea, but I, I firmly believed it. And I, you know, even now at my age, one of the other things that I enjoy so much is how much I enjoy making a fool of myself. <laughs> you know? <laughs> As you as you get a little older, it's like sometimes I I'm teaching middle school these days, and so it's so much fun to uh, do really goofy things and embarrass yourself just to get a laugh out of the kids. And you know, it's that it's that understanding that it's okay to fail, quote unquote. It's right. okay to look silly, and it can be purely just for entertainment value. Or it can be in the process of learning how to become good at something. Oh, I love that. Gosh, I love that. What a great teacher you are. I mean, I love teaching. <laughs> I love kids. I love kids. Great. I love it. It's Absolutely fun. love that. And you, you said one last thing before we go into our final topic. That advocating is finding the strength and courage for yourself and others to heal. I thought that yeah. was just spectacular. Quote. Yeah, I think, you know, I know for me, um, there were some traumatic times in, in my, uh, in my, particularly in my twenties. And at the time I didn't have the courage to use my voice about things that happened in my life. I just kind of dealt with them. And now as a, as a, a woman, an older woman, uh, I realized, oh boy, do I have a responsibility to, to advocate for others that maybe are in that same position I was in at that mm -hmm. age, mm -hmm. not having this, the strength and the courage to advocate for themselves. And, you know, that's true for so many people. There are so many people that are marginalized or victimized or just deprived in some way that they really don't have a whole lot of, um, they don't have a whole lot of courage because of their life experience. They're, they're not able to move past the fear. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I think it's very healing when you begin to advocate for yourself and in turn in advocating for others, you are, you're modeling that behavior and giving them the, support to eventually know how to advocate for themselves. Oh, I love that. Love that. All right. Last topic, because I, I, this was such a great story that you told, we talked about. I didn't really know anything about this. But can you tell us about what they're doing in Australia that really has you uh, excited uh, and, yeah, and inspired? This is, this is very inspiring and very uplifting. Um, it's, it's a Facebook group that I kind of stumbled upon, really, and it's called The Kindness Pandemic. The Kindness Pandemic. And it's a group you have to join. And um, it's just people. It's, it's based in Australia, although there are getting to be more and more members, I think, around the world. And it's, it's basically people just sharing stories of small kindnesses that people have done for them or they have done for others during this difficult time. And 
it is so rewarding, so uplifting and inspiring to read these stories and see these photographs that people post of, you know, this person dropped off flowers for me today or, you know, I, I couldn't find my debit card and this person bought my groceries. And I mean, it's it's thousands of these little stories that just, you know, they give you hope. They just give you hope about mm-hmm. we're gonna get through this. We're gonna we're gonna persevere, and mm-hmm. and hopefully we can really um, foster this this kindness in ourselves and in others. Mm-hmm. That word kindness right now really seems to be uh-huh. like the word that is the kind of the opposite of what we've been seeing and experiencing out there. It it just feels like it's, it's taken on a whole new life. I, I think it's, it is the optimal word for how we need to proceed in the near future. Yes. Um, We, we lost, we, in the beginning of the pandemic, I saw great acts of kindness, small acts of kindness, just between neighbors, friends, uh, you know, all of us reaching out to each other. And, and understandably, we've all grown tired. We've, we're all tired and we're stressed. Um, but yes, out in the, the larger world, the ang- anger and the, the hatred, the name calling have just gotten so out of control we've Mm -hmm. forgotten that we are capable of being kind Mm -hmm. and it's like we all need to take you know i i have very strong feelings you know me i'm a very (laughs) very opinionated person i was the little girl that rode her bike home to watch the watergate hearings from junior (laughs) high school Um, (laughs) nerd that i was um but at the same time i'm having to remind myself hey you know i can have strong feelings and still be kind Yes. I don't need to be mean. I can disagree and be civil. Yes. I can be I can I can think someone's ideas are just not for me and I can still be respectful and I can walk away when I need to. When it's mm-hmm. just getting when when it when it ceases to be in I can advocate for myself in deciding not to argue and not to go there with people. Right. And try and try and be kind and walk away. <laughs> I love that. This has been so wonderful, Val. I just want to thank you so much for the time, uh, setting this time aside. I know you have a very busy life between your work and your daughter and your husband and your dog that never made an appearance. We were we're, we were concerned Bowie was going to make an appearance. I was prepared. I was prepared to give a little shout out to Bowie. But it didn't happen. It didn't happen. I'm, it's just, understood. This is too important. Oh. <laughs> too important. You're important. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you again. I, what a pleasure it's been. And like I said in the beginning, you know, even if months and years go by, I just you're you know you're just one of those people. You're you're one of my people. I'm one of your people. I I love that. And uh, please say hi to your mom I, for I, me. I, I will. I will. She's doing very well. She's Good. doing great. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, thank you. That's and I, 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 you are one of the people I truly look forward to being able to see again in yes. person yes. and give a hug to A her. hug. All the hugs that are stored up. Ooh. They're stored up. So many. So many. <laughs> All right, Val, well, you take yeah. care. And thanks so much for fitting me in today. I appreciate it.
Well, thank you, Rochelle. I appreciate it too. All right. Good work. Talk to you later. Thanks. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. A failure was the greatest gift Val has been given. It set her on a course to help her rediscover who she has been all along and now has the courage and confidence to fully realize and act upon her passion for others. It is healing to advocate for yourself and also for those who need it the most, as often they are not able to do so. They need people to be their ally and advocate. They need your confidence. You can put these strong feelings into the world and be kind and respectful. The Unabashed You website has photos, quotes, and a blog for each episode. Each episode has its own page at unabashedyou.com under Episodes. On social media, you can find us at Unabashed You on both Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, at Rochelle Renee. Feel free to follow us on any and all of the above. There are frequent posts with great photos and inspirational quotes. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us through email at unabashedyou at gmail.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts. We invite you to subscribe, rate, and review to support us in being more discoverable. Our blessing for today, a prayer for confidence. Dear God, you know my heart and you know that I love you. I'm trying to do my best to follow after you, but sometimes I get tripped up. Sometimes I lose focus. Sometimes I forget who I am in you and start looking to the world to tell me who I am. On the days when my confidence is fading fast, build me up again. Remind me of the simple truth that confidence can only be found in chasing after you. I can walk around confident knowing I am loved. I can walk around confident knowing I am enough. I can live knowing I have been rescued, free, and called to do great things. Help me remember these things, wonderful Father. In Jesus' name, amen. And that is by Lauren Gaskill. So we thank you for that, Lauren. Amen. Ladies, you know your call and your charge. Go out in confidence. Be unabashed. Be you.